handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I'm your host, J.L. Covan. It is 10.30 a.m. on March 26th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, recording us on a Saturday, just as usual. The schedule is uh, is uh, fluid, like, like the genders. And uh, so this was a time where I could just sit down. And uh, I don't want to say get it out of the way because I want to give you more than just task accomplishing energy on this podcast but uh just a lot of stuff monday um dental appointment got to get a new crown i've had a crown on 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 my tooth since college when i had my first and only root canal um i didn't want to go to a small town dentist even though williamstown is obviously an elite college town but i was like what will these what will this mountain town dentist know about fixing these high-end new york city teeth Excuse me. Well, as it turns out, a lot because every dentist I've had in those subsequent 21 years has been like, this is good work. So shout out to the dentist who was not an old man. So he's probably still alive unless, uh, you know, car accident, AIDS, COVID, you know, whatever other things might have killed him. But, uh, you know, he, he could still be around. Maybe he's retired from the dental profession. But if you're out there... Um, or if you happen to be uh, the one in a trillion chance that you're a listener of this podcast, thank you for your work. It's been complimented by many dentists. Maybe you were just, you were wait, maybe you were wasted in Williamstown. Uh, not that your work wasn't appreciated, but maybe you should have been in the big city showing off your dental skills. But the point is, 21 years is apparently uh, an extraordinarily long time for a crown to last. And I guess some some shit has been creeping in underneath it finally. So the dentist looked at it in the x-rays and said, you should probably replace this even though the tooth's dead. You don't want some fucking fucked up shit happening in your mouth. So uh, we're getting the crown replaced on uh, Monday while I have these good law firm dental benefits. I just got my right hand looked at again, the one that I almost broke on my final Dell computer. 
And the guy said it looks like probably just bone bruising, which can take a long time to heal sometimes, but there's no fracture. There's no trace of even a thin hairline fracture where there's healing. So nothing broke. So we've gotten the knee repaired. I'm starting, I'm, I've been walking without a cane this week, but I'm still a little tender like a bitch. So I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping to be running by May, but maybe June is more likely. But I really, in April, need to get back to at least my long walks because there has been some slippage, folks, in the diet, in the exercise. I have not worked out other than my stretches and exercises for my knee. I have not worked out since the day before surgery, which was March 1st. So that's not good. And I've also eaten IHOP five times, which is just a bellwether for where my nutrition is. But let me tell you something, folks. Let me tell you something. I've discovered that going for an early dinner at IHOP on a weekday, like a nice 515 dinner of pancakes, bitch stack, uh, sausage, short, short amount, um, what should we call a half an order of sausage, like a, like a, like a limp dick? I, I, I have a bitch stack of pancakes and a limp dick order of sausage. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but let me tell you something. Bringing a book or the day's newspaper with me into an empty IHOP at 515 and just sitting there eating my pancakes, reading. I just, my career goal is to be an old man, but not old. Does that make sense? I want to let, I want, I don't need clubs. I don't need bottles and models. I don't need really anything except some reading. And maybe, I mean, I, I'm probably going to be the guy who like, by the time I'm, like if, if comedy were to take off, <laughs> I'm sorry, that makes me laugh every time. If my comedy career were to finally get where... <laughs> Oh boy, you know, if if I win the lot, let's just go with something more realistic than my comedy career getting where I want. If I were to win the lottery um, and marry Anna Diarmas, you know, let's just go with, with a combination more likely than my comedy career succeeding, then I would be the youngest person in the history of pigeon feeding. You'd just see me with a paperback wearing like a Henry Fonda on Golden Pond fishing hat, feeding pigeons in a park at 44. <laughs> They'd be like, what is wrong with that guy? Is he like Benjamin Button? Is he aging in reverse? Is he like the world's youngest 90-year-old? And that's really, those, that's, that's, that's life goals for me, to be an old man, but to enjoy being an old man for like 40 years when I can still walk and pee correctly. You know, I don't want to be an old man as an old man. I want to be an old man at 45 where I could still, if I choose, go for a run, do a push-up, fuck a prostitute. Like all these things that I need youth and at least even middle-aged vigor to accomplish. But um, I don't know. It's just I, 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 I have to stop now. Now IHOP is now officially done for me until I reach my weight goals. I've, I'm back on the... I'm back on the uh, uh, gastro uh, austerity movement but it was fun I'm not going to lie it was fun limping in with a cane to IHOP like an old man and just saying bitch stack limp dick order a sausage and uh, an iced tea please and just sitting there and enjoying life and then tipping well I've decided that my minimum tip now especially after COVID my minimum tip is five bucks 
unless I literally sit down and be like, can I have a pack of raisins and a water? I'm not tipping $5 there. But any meal, even if it's just like a $10 meal, I'm just like, eh, come on. The, especially when you're going, I think the waitress who's there often is like, pro, she seems like, like she might be a high school or college student just with like, like she gets obviously the shittiest shift. She's like Monday through, through Wednesday evening IHOP shift. That's not a great shift. So I just feel like, eh, here, my order was 12 bucks. Here's five. That for you. That may, I think that's fair. It just feels weird to be like, I ordered a cup of coffee and a piece of pie. What's 20? I'm going to go generous. What's 20% of 2.95? Anyway, um, so that's an update on my diet, uh, which we're, we're back. We're getting back. We have to get back. But, uh, you know, the knee was kind of a nice excuse to be a slothful piece of shit. Um, I am uh, finishing Invisible Child today. Uh, it will be one of the first reviews of JL's book club on JL Max Prime Plus, which now I'm fully committed. It's going to launch at the end of April, guys. I've been talking about this for, I don't know, a year, nine years, my whole life, but it will finally launch the last week of April. So that's, a, that's, a, that's wonderful news for 72 of you who will join. Uh, so thank you. And then it will last one to two months until I realize I've lost money on this every month. Um, but we're going to give it the college try. I've purchased some video games for Mike Pence's gaming. I have uh, we, the home office will be fully set up. Thank you, Cookie, for interrupting this. Cookie has a house guest, by the way, my the Righteous Girlfriend's brother's family's dog, Dolly, who's a very adorable, once again, an adopted dog. This is this is. No, no, no breeders here. Um, very cute dog. And there'll probably be a picture up on my social media um, some point this weekend. Uh, but Cookie has been more animated. And she, you know, somebody's vacuuming the hallway and Cookie has to announce it and nonstop barking. And the righteous girlfriend doesn't, do, doesn't have the command or authority I have because I will shut that shit down um, pretty quickly. I will stand, use a harsh tone, and Cookie will cower, and I will say, and then I will pet her and say, good. But now Cookie won't, uh, pardon me, I just have to have a quick Martin Scorsese villain moment. Can you shut her the fuck up, please? Thank you. <laughs> okay, as Yoda said, try, do not, do or do not, there is no try. Um, I don't really talk like that. That was for you guys. That was, that was theatrics, that language. I usually, the harshest language I use in this apartment is the word cunt, but I never direct it at the righteous girlfriend. That's, um, I'll like stand in the same room and just mutter to myself, geez, really stinks to be dating a cunt. No, I'm kidding. I don't say that. I will just say it like I will drop a piece of toast and declare the toast a cunt. That's, you know, so the language, I fear my neighbors, who I don't think like me, um, the, I fear my neighbors hear me saying cunt a lot and talking like Trump and just assume that I'm some guy running for the GOP ticket in, uh, in, in for New Jersey Senate or something, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's, a, he's an abusive guy who, uh, who's always admiring Trump. He sounds like a perfect GOP. Anyway, the... Um, yeah, I don't think my neighbors, I think I was talking about this before. I don't think any of my neighbors like me. And I'm nothing but friendly. But I think some people know that I'm like a comedian and I don't know if they're jealous haters. But other people, I think, just look at me as like a, a mean cop. Like I, as I discussed, and I'm debating putting this in my set for Half Blackface. But as I discussed, when I took the bus back from San Jose to L.A. 
and the three felons uh, were asking me if I was a cop, it, it might it kind of clear why people think I'm mean and a racist because they look at my face and go, that guy looks like law enforcement. And those people are mean and can't be trusted and also have horrible views on ethnic minorities. Um, so, yeah, ethnic and racial minorities. So, so I don't know. I, I'm the type of person who says hi to neighbors and it's like half my neighbors don't say hi unless I either like am in their way or if I have my dog. Like if I have Cookie, and that's another joke I once told on stage, I was like, if I had advice for serial killers, get a pet. Absolutely, get a pet because people will assume you're a better person or will want to talk to you if you have a pet. If you're just their neighbor, most socially awkward pieces of shit nowadays will just like look at their phone or look you off. And it's like, okay, I, I guess um, we we live on the same floor, but okay, I you, uh, sorry that I thought we were neighbors in the in the traditional sense but if i have a dog they'll say hi to the dog or they'll talk to me about the dog and it's like oh okay so if i'm if i'm a serial killer or or like a, a violent felon you should have a dog this is a free this is a life hack for criminals because then our stupid socially they won't look for clues that you're a monster they'll just be like he has a dog he must be all right i can talk to him and that's when you can strike and strangle them hopefully with your dog's leash the irony um you know we'll, we'll we'll be right there but um we've had beef with this dog there's this dog buckley and uh, the righteous girlfriend was tempted to get t-shirts that say fuck buckley and i thought that would be a little too much but buckley is i believe half german shepherd you can see a lot of german shepherd but definitely not a pure breed but this was a dog that this couple had as like a puppy and i could see the woman who's like this lanky skinny woman she didn't have the strength. She's probably vegan, but she didn't have the strength to hold. Uh, that was that was a needless shot at my plant-based brethren and sistren. But um, yeah, she she didn't have the strength to hold on to the dog. And that was another thing I tweeted that didn't get a lot of love on Twitter. Like everything, you know, my Twitter account is basically um, my Twitter account is pretty much uh, Terry Shivo at this point. Like, yes, it's still carrying on the functions of a Twitter account with 135,000 followers, but it's reaching, you know, it's it's just barely life. Like, I can pull the plug anytime. Like at this point, it's just it's just treading water. It's it's not doing anything else. But um, that's you know that's a typical complaint for me, and one that I hope by the end of this year I will be done with. Um, that's when you know I'm really done when I delete my Twitter account and that's that's certainly on the table that's the nuclear option to just announce that I'm done with a comedy career that is beholden to fickle nonsensical social media rules and fans that don't actually like comedy so that's it's that's the brand I've crafted for myself um but Buckley was I, I, I remember when the dog was growing and the woman couldn't control it but it wasn't attacking people, but it was just like it would run into you or like she'd be like, oh, yeah, and I'd be, I, you know, I once I once didn't say anything. But I was like, Ugh. I kind of did that. That was the most reaction I had just because it was like, control your dog, like get a dog you can control. How about that? Then Buckley got big and Buckley's got to be like 85. If I had to guess, I'd say like 80 pounds. So it's a sizable dog, but it's got some German Shepherd in it which is an aggressive breed. I'm not, this is not me condemning any breed. I've met nice German Shepherds, but you know, German Shepherds are, are the dogs on the wrong side of history at all points in history, including the story I'm about to tell you. So this dog, I'm getting on the elevator one time by myself. I just checked my mail and, and Buckley and the woman owner get in the uh, elevator. And I'm not even thinking. I'm, I'm not afraid of dogs. I like dogs. And I'm just assuming like I can get on the elevator with this dog. 
this dog, we're talking, snarled and lunged at me, teeth bared. And I, like, backed up. Like, I was nervous. Like, this dog, I mean, this, this dog looked like an attack dog. And she was going, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh, all right, fuck. And I back out of the elevator, and the elevator goes up. Okay, done with that. Um, now, the dog didn't attack me while I was waiting for the elevator. But as soon as I tried to get in its space, it seemed ready to, to kill. Obviously, I was not injured or anything, but okay, I said, okay. My next interaction with the dog was like a month later. This is it. Just two interactions with this dog. A month later, I'm waiting on the sidewalk outside my building for a cab. The dog is about, let's say, at least 30 feet away. Probably not much more than that, but, but about 30 feet, maybe 35 feet. It's coming onto the corner. Now, my building is two doors down from the corner. But the dog is on the corner and sees me, and I don't really look at it. I just kind of turn. I'm looking around. But then I said the dog starts barking and bucking towards me and snarling. And it was, it was coming for me, and I step into the street to avoid the dog as she took about eight to ten strides before she had enough like strength built up to hold the dog and corral him into the building. Once again, I was not bitten. I was, it didn't, but I, you know, once again... The dog made me nervous and was clearly aggressive towards me. So I mentioned this to the righteous girlfriend who has now had multiple run-ins with the dog. And at the last time was talking to the boyfriend. And the girl, like one time the girl said to her, um, oh my God, I'm sorry, the dog. Like she yelled at the woman. She was like, control your dog. This is insane. Like, what the fuck? And she was like, the dog's scared. The dog's scared. I'm sorry. And we, our reaction was like, when Cookie's scared, which is a lot, <laughs> She shakes, tucks her tail in, and, like, tries to hide in the corner. I feel like that's more traditional scaring. It's like, you know, this, this dog looks like it will eat a fucking baby. And they'll be like, oh, my God, that's what it does when it's nervous. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. My dog is so scared. It, it slaughtered your child. Um, and then Righteous Girlfriend had a run with the boyfriend. And the dog once again lunged at her. Now, I don't know if it can smell me on my on the righteous girlfriend or if it just, you know, selects. But most people in the building, like the dog lovers in the building, have said to me in conversations, oh, man, Buckley's crazy. Like, I guess that's the, that's the nice way of putting it, right? If you don't want to condemn another person's dog. It's like, oh, but that's what the nice people say. And I say, Buckley is a fucking asshole. Um, and, I, and, and the truth is... Since the incidents with me, I, I had seen Buckley in the lobby with a trainer. So they were doing everything they needed to. But the exchange between the boyfriend and my girlfriend were very uh, volatile. And I think my, the righteous girlfriend used foul language first because she was sort of fed up. It was like our cumulative fifth run-in with this dog snarling and lunging at us. And she was like, put a muzzle on the dog. And the guy was like, oh, are you a trainer? Are you a trainer? And it was like, no, I'm a person that lives in the building. That doesn't want to be attacked by a half German shepherd, which is a breed on the lease that's like not allowed. And it was like, sure, when you came into the building, it was a half German shepherd puppy. So I guess it was okay then because its weight was under the limit for the building. I don't know if there's a building, if there is a weight limit though. A lot of buildings have like 50 pound limit. I'm not sure that this building has that. But, but in other words, you know, so they have their testy exchange and then they're, and then. The righteous girlfriend gets an email from the building. She made the complaint first, but then the like sort of head of the building leasing department wrote to her and said, 
Um, they contacted us and said they were very uncomfortable by you yelling at her. And and I was like, oh, that's that's the move, is that you sue first, kind of. You do the move where you state your discomfort so that you frame the issue as like the righteous girlfriend, who, by the way, is very quiet normally, as like, that's why we work well together, because we are um, combined, we speak the normal amount of a couple. <laughs> Um, her biggest complaint when I'm touring or away is it's too quiet here without you, which I take as a compliment. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's too loud when you're here, but it's too quiet. Can you just go somewhere in between jail? Can you do like a talk like a normal person with normal tone and normal emotions instead of wild swings of emotion and motor mouth syndrome? But what was funny is that they said, they said that the dog has not attacked anybody and that they're trying. They take the stairs to avoid people and dogs and their seat getting training. And in my head, I'm like, right. So this is what? Evidence that the dog is not problematic because they are avoiding people and dogs whenever possible and getting training. So clearly that's a implied confession that the dog is problematic. My thing was like, could you muzzle the dog so that at least when the dog comes snarling at me, I'm like, well, what's it going to do? Nothing. It can't bite me. I didn't think that was like a crazy solution. But, you know, I'm sure there's dog lovers out there who go, that's cruel to the animal. Well, you know, it also would be cruel to the animal uh, having to give up the animal or having to move. That would be cruel to the animals that own it. Having to move because your dog is out of control. But we'll see what happens with that. But that's an update on, uh, you know, and I said... You know, as the celebrity in my building, I don't want undue attention. I'm just trying to live my life and, uh, you know, as a, as a miserable, f never successful comedian. That's, I just want, you know, my privacy is important to me as a, as a Bloomfield, New Jersey celebrity. And um, now, you know, they're trying to brand the righteous girlfriend a righteous Karen. And I'm not having that. Because uh, when your dog attacks, like that's the thing. We are dog enthusiasts. When your dog attacks, you don't get to be the victim. <laughs> you don't get to be the, oh, my dog is scared and she yelled at me. Okay, well, next time, at what point can does, does the righteous girlfriend have the right to be the victim? Like when your dog sinks its teeth into her leg? does that, Or is your dog just super duper scared at that point? <laughs> Jaws wasn't a bad guy. He was just scared when people were swimming in its water. Anywho... That's what's going on. That's a little update from Bloomfield, New Jersey. So there's some tension here. And, you know, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be a good citizen and, a, and, a, and an ambassador of Bloomfield, New Jersey to the world and this stupid fucking dog Buckley, which, you know, I think that's there's like a prep school Buckley. It, 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 it Buckley. Jesus Christ. It's it, it's almost like you knew your dog was going to be a, a vicious thug of a dog, so you gave it a prep school name just to be like, well, maybe if we call our dog Buckley, then then it will, people will treat it differently. When it gets when it when it's when it submits its resume for a job as a resident in this building, it will be treated with more respect because they'll think it's a a prep school dog. Anywho, uh, career update, guys. I've got some great news. I've had three unanswered emails from an agent, so I'm finally gaining some traction in that area. No, I had uh, the fifth acquaintance slash friend of mine, fifth in two years, to make direct contact 
with an agent that they knew. And this was a month ago. And the person said, yeah, boop, 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 hit me up. And I and they said, uh, e- email me for, we'll talk next week. So I emailed them. And they say, I'm actually on set for something next week. Uh, so let's talk next week. Let's let's arrange for, let's let's email next week and then we'll set up a call. So I, I eight days later, email and say, hey, anytime, good for you next week to talk. Uh, you know, I'm free all day these days, bop, 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 bop. So all those days pass. So I then wrote a follow-up email last week that said, Hey, uh, just following up on this. Uh, if if you're free anytime next week to talk, would 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 uh, if you can make the time, would would love to to discuss you know what I've done and what I hope to do. Bah, bah, bah. And no reply to that. So, just wanted to let you guys know that um, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I just think I think I think it's fair to say now that it's over. Um, because right now what I'm what I'm hinging on is billions putting me back in billions, which I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't think it's going to happen. And there's really no reason to think it would happen. But, you know, one in a million is better than one in a, a trillion. But And the other thing is the special, which I'm also, you know, very... I just, I don't, there's, there's... Shut up, cookie! You hear that respect? Did you hear that respect? But did you also hear the genuine rage in my voice? This is why comedy's no good. That was a good example for you guys to hear. Because at first it was a joke, but then I started talking about my comedy career and all of a sudden the joke went away. And uh, Cookie hurt. Cookie, cookie knows. the j- Cookie leaves the room every day. That I t- When I'm talking about comedy, something happens in my voice. This is not a joke. This actually happens. Whenever I'm talking about comedy... She doesn't know what I'm talking about, but she hears the tone, that desperation, frustration that can sometimes lead to anger. Cookie leaves the room every time I start talking about comedy. She just kind of picks it up. She's very, she would have made a good like therapy dog, I think, had she not been traumatized early in her life because she's very attuned to changes in mood and tone. So. Uh, the special May fourteenth. Um, tickets are not selling well, so which is fine. I, I genuinely at this point, like, I already did the special, and I had to cancel one show in in October because I couldn't sell. I could only sell out one room. I I really thought in my hometown with all the following I had, I would sell out two shows. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. So I have to do what I have to do, and then and then I'll give you a couple of reviews, and then we're done with this episode. But what I have to do now. The reason I think that my career is over is I have to find a new fan base. Like the fan base I have and the way I've cultivated it through Twitter and then being algorithmically shut out by Twitter has rendered... I don't know how many of those people would have been stand-up fans. I just got a comment on my YouTube this morning that says, I haven't seen this guy in a while, but his impressions are so funny. And I was like, great. So my stuff is not reaching fans, as I repeatedly said. But the the magic that I have to pull off now, and I have I have friends who who get more gigs than me. I I can't get gigs. I I don't I genuinely at this point don't think it's mentally healthy for me to continue doing comedy. 
um, except for the fact that I want to launch this Patreon stuff. Because as I discussed last week, when I talk about that stuff, hope springs eternal, no matter how psychotic that might be. Making new comedy and sketches I like makes me feel like, the, as I, I think I said it last week, if you build it, they will come. Like, if you're funny and make good stuff, you will have a career. And it's like, that's doesn't seem to be actually true, but it feels true still. So there's a little part of me that still feels like that's the truth. But I have to now, I can't reach my own fans. Like that's the first dilemma is that I do have fans. Now they don't follow instructions. They don't sign up for the newsletter because the newsletter is, to paraphrase Schindler's list, the newsletter is life. Because if you get the newsletter, you will know my gigs, you will know my specials, you will know the important things that all this is for. Like everything I do is about being a professional, working, full-time stand-up comedian. I'm good at lots of things and I like doing lots of things. But the goal is, you know, to eventually have that Mark Norman, Sam Morrill career. I mean, even that is like elite, elite shit. I'm not talking Maniscalco Gaffigan. That's, you know, that's that's just, that's not going to happen. And if it did, you can't plan that. You can't map that. You can't pray for that. That just has to, an asteroid has to hit another asteroid, which tilts a planet towards the sun a billion years ago, and then life happens billions of years later. Like, that's the kind of shit that but 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 having a successful working stand-up career where it's my only gig and i'm doing well and paying you know buying a home and able to like work hard but in what i want to do that's the goal and the problem is right now as my career has constructed i can't achieve that i just went to my fifth agent by the way not cold calling fifth person he's the first one to write back to me but I think maybe that was just a favor to his friend. But he, of the five agents whom friends and associates have pitched me to directly that have relationships with, not like random, oh, I have a friend who does this. It's like, no, I, I work here or he's my guy or he used to be my guy. I will send a pitch. This is the fifth one. The first of them, I'm not like I said, this isn't like I've contacted 100 agents. It's like, I've had people reach out on my behalf selling me to people and not even gotten an email or a phone call. This is the first one I got an email back, but now I'm 0 for, 0 for the month at getting an email response, which makes me think, okay, I, that's probably a dead end. Or, or there's just no interest. There's like if he has nothing going on and is bored and whatever, maybe he'll write me back. But my guess is that he's just not going to, and that's fine. It's par for the course, but it's like, so now I've exhausted any contact I have. I can't get booked for gigs inexplicably. Um, you know, and once again, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but you start to go, either this business is so shitty I should get out for my own welfare or I've been blacklisted and should get out because I'm literally wasting my time and energy and, and emotions. But now what I have to do is because Twitter has failed me, after being my deliverance, it's now my punishment. I cannot reach my own fans. Like that's just, so it is, it is dead weight. It is Terry Schiavo Twitter. Um, the goal has to be, how do I create a new fan base? 
it took me six, 17 years and a pandemic <laughs> to, to get a fan base that could move numbers and, and give me some semblance of success. Which means if Twitter's dead, then I need Instagram to blow up for me, which is not happening either. I mean, I'm doing okay, but not like I am on Twitter. And Instagram seems to be more of an engaged following that, you know, can, but, 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 so, so basically what I'm stuck with is assuming I don't have an agent in 2022 to, to move me into a space where I can succeed. And it doesn't seem, I, I don't know why it's such a hard sell. I've done all the, I've done 95% of what an agent would try to get a comedian. So, you know, it's kind of, it's just, it feels like an easy sell. Instead, it's a non-sale. It's not, I don't even get to make a sales pitch. It's, we won't, we don't want to see you. We don't want to meet with you. We don't want to contact you. So barring that, the only things that can cook it. Hey guys, I'm back. Um, the, I don't know, it's just uh, the only two things that can change the trajectory of my career. Like, the Patreon stuff is going to be really good and cheap. And if you're a fan, and I know, I know there's, there's some of you out there who will sign up enthusiastically, and I appreciate that. But odds are, if I could reach the 150,000 social media followers I have, I might get a thousand of them to sign up at four or five bucks. And then I go, boom, now we're cooking. Um, but odds are I will reach 6,000. 75 will sign up. I'd love to be proven wrong, but 75 will sign up which will literally have me probably losing money on it based on editing costs and things like that. At which point you go, huh, I'm not sure I should continue doing, I'm not sure it's a good look for the brand to be losing money on my Patreon. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see if that happens, but obviously that would be a big concern. Um, uh, and And... The special. So we get down to two things. Billions having me back on as a recurring character, which is close to no chance. Not because I did a bad job or because the show doesn't. It's just, it's just, it's it's literally like me saying, I would like to win Powerball. That's my career plan. And the other plan is the special. Uh, Half Blackface 2.0. Which right now, as I said, um, I can give you guys run. I've sold 25 tickets to my special taping in my home city with less than two months till the show. This isn't a guilt trip on anybody. It's just, how could, you, how, how could you not interpret your career as a failure if your goal is to be a successful stand-up comedian and for the biggest show of your life, the first time you had to cancel one of the tapings because you couldn't sell enough to, to, to warrant a second show because you didn't want to have two half-empty shows. And then for the oh my God, this, this is so important for my career show, I'm selling less. So that makes me, so, so the miracle I'm looking for is the greatest show of my life that gets sold to a streaming platform 
and that a publicist can generate interest and buzz to a level that now my Twitter videos fan base becomes irrelevant because, oh, I've added 85,000 fans of stand-up, which is now, no offense to many of you out there, but now that's the that's the fan I want to cultivate. That's the fan that will that will help my career and not just make me look good on social media. So, twenty five tickets sold, less than two months till the special taping. Um, what would you think if you were me? You would, I assume, if you didn't kill yourself, you would just say, "Yeah, this is a, it, for whatever reason." The industry, God, the worst luck in the world, it ain't happening. It ain't happening no matter how much good shit you put out. The career you wanted isn't happening. It's not even close. So that's what I'm ha- like. That's what I have to fight for the next couple of months. I have to fight this negativity as much as possible to get the job done. Because obviously if I'm doing the special, if five people show up, I'm going to give them the best show I've ever fucking given anybody. But... You know, it's just, uh, I have to fight it. I have to fight these feelings because I, if I'm going to do the special, then I have to just do it. And I have to do it the best I can. But what would you think, right? What would you think if you were like, your main form of communication is Twitter and that's become useless to reaching your fans? Um, your... Nobody wants to represent you or even have a conversation with you about representing you. So the industry angle is sort of shut off. So now the social media platform is disabled. The industry is shut off. So now you're left with two miracles. Billions or create a great special where you're not even selling tickets. Sell it and or have a publicist who crafts an amazing campaign around it and it sells or generates enough buzz to change the makeup of your audience. That's what I, that's what my career comes down to, which is fucking insane. Um, so there it is. Two years after blowing up on social media, we are, we are in a deeply precarious and upsetting point in my career. So... I don't think it's going to happen, but that's why I'm focusing on the Patreon stuff. That'll be another experiment um, of good stuff. Like I have April mapped out. I'm finally going to launch it, and it's going to be it's going to be stuff that my fans like if they see it. Um, but I just don't think I don't think enough fans will see that and then join. Like. So, but we'll see, you know, and and I'm under no obligation if I do it for three months and I lose. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. The idea of losing money on a Patreon is like, I don't know, stunning, but I want to make good stuff. This has been the dilemma of my career my whole time. When I was living paycheck to paycheck in the early 2010s, I was shelling out like a thousand bucks a month that I barely had to make like two videos a month with like a real editing crew because I really, I said to myself, these 
videos, when somebody discovers me, I want to have high quality videos that that reflect a, a, a talent with more ambition than like, oh, I was fucking around and made this like shitty, poorly edited video. No, I wanted it to be really good. So I was, I was, I was content to lose money then because I had more faith that like the moment of discovery was coming and things kept happening. Like I, like I got on Corolla because of those videos, but those didn't pay. There was no pay in Corolla. I flew myself out round trip three times a year for a few years to be a guest on his show because I wanted to reach a bigger audience and they liked me and I enjoyed the show at the time. And it was, but you know, at the time you're thinking you're still hopeful, but now I have too much experience to have that, that foolish hope. So it's, it comes down to two things, billions and half blackface. And it'd be nice to be surprised Right. It'd be not, but I, but I, you know, there's whatever there's, there's where I'm at again, mentally this week, but, um, always a good time to pitch the shows Buffalo, April 26th. Um, I'm sure I have a hundred fans in the Buffalo area or 80 fans, 12 have probably seen about the show because I directly tweeted them. Like, because I remember people asking me, Buffalo, when you come to Buffalo, you ever go to upstate near? So I did a search on Twitter and directly sent those people ticket links. And some of them immediately bought. But, you know, nine ticket sales or 15 ticket sales or 11 or 20 even. You start to just feel like it's really pointless. Like you can't, I, I don't, it feels like a cruel joke this weird two-year period of success. It just feels like a cruel joke. And then the weirdest part is like when I go to a city like D.C. or Boston, I sell tickets. And then I go to a different city and I sell nothing. I mean, Philadelphia was the weirdest example. I went to a city that I used to, that I actually sold tickets in before I got famous or well-known and then couldn't sell shit. That's, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it and I don't really want to get it anymore. I just, I want to do this Patreon shit because I believe in it and I think I have a lot of funny stuff that I can reward real fans with. But, you know, if you can't reach a critical mass, like I want, huh, like my goal would be like a thousand Patreon subscribers, but I don't even have, I don't think, I don't have a thousand subscribers to this podcast and this is free. So, and the, the the Trump Pod stuff has its own Patreon, which which is which is a dilemma to me as well because, you know, I'm not thrilled about boosting someone else who doesn't boost me, um, and you know I'm I'm I have not made my worth. Let's just put it that way. I have not gotten my share of what I'm worth to that show. And yet, I want to quit that. Like, I can't quit that show until the special comes out because I need to reach those people. It's one of the few ways I have of guaranteeing that I reach thousands of my fans. Because if I quit that podcast, most people, you know, I have thousands of listeners to Making Podcasts Great Again, but I have one, I have 1,200 subscribers to my newsletter. So, even making those pleas to people to sign up for stuff that are fans, that are active fans, they don't, they don't do it. So 
sometimes you have to just say, well, I have to meet them where they are. People don't want to do a free thing to, to support me or they don't believe when I say you won't hear these announcements. So like I don't even have actual fans signing up for the newsletter. So I have to st maintain these different things that I don't want to do. Like I'm done with, with, with making podcasts great again. I've been done with it for a while, but I need to reach that audience. And obviously if Trump runs again, which he probably will, it would probably be a big boost to the social media algorithms for me and to the podcast. But that said, it's like, do I want to repeat this like bait and switch, this fucking cock tease of a comedy career phase where it's like, oh my God, I'm making money again and things are happening. Yeah, but for like, for the people that aren't really here for the long haul. And yeah, it's just, it's, God, it's, it's so frustrating. And I know I bitch about this every week, but it's just, it's just a new round, like I said, a new round of frustration sort of getting ignored by this agent. And I'm not even mad because it's like, I can't take anything personal in this business. It seems like the business itself has something personal against me. But I, I'm not mad at any one person because everybody, it's par for the course. Like people either reject or ignore me. So I can't be mad at any one person, but it's just every week or every month brings like a new indignity that I just didn't see coming. Um, you know, with, with February's, we need to redo the special being just, you know, the, the January 6th of my fucking comedy career. Because by now, you would have a special out. A publicity campaign would be completed. And I could decide what I want to do with my life. Like, I could just look at it and say, okay, I have given my best shot nine different times and it didn't work out. So it's time for me to free up, you know, make free time for myself and enjoy life a little more. So... That said, it's obviously a very critical uh, critical next three to four months, folks, because the special uh, and, and the guy who's taping the special is like, you know, and we want to make sure we get like we, we want to make sure all the tech is right for this one, because uh, obviously I was speaking with so and so who's the person who's going to pitch pitch the special and uh, we're pretty sure you wouldn't want to do a third taping. And I was like, the, the third taping I would be doing would be a Dateline episode from prison because I would have just murdered some people. So yeah, you're right. I don't want to do a third taping. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at with that. So uh, Buffalo, April 26th, May 14th, New York City. And then the ticket link for Boston is up. Uh, the two shows at City Winery. Um, small room. Got bumped to the small room for no reason. Except that they just didn't want to give me the big room. So that's that's cool. 150 tickets in the big room on a Monday. Can't give me a big room for a Thursday or a Friday where I might sell 200, 250 tickets and make a shit ton of fucking money. But that's okay. We got the small room. And if I sell out the small room twice, it will be a very nice uh, Friday night paycheck. So that's, you know, if you're a Boston listener, the ticket link is up. Everything is on my website. Um, I'm still aiming for DC shows. Somebody is trying to help me get some bookings in DC, but... Like so much, um, even though I sold a lot of tickets in D.C. for this guy, he's trying. I'm not. This is not an accusation for him, but it's just that's that's the way this goes. The bad luck just seems to follow. Um, so I'm hoping to be in D.C. in April or early May because I need <laughs> uh, one warm up show. Not enough warm up shows for the biggest special of my life, especially if it's in Buffalo in front of 18 people. So 
That said, um, if you're in Buffalo, New York City, or Boston, get your tickets now. Hold on for a second, guys. Just need to say something real quick. Cookie, come here. Come here. Come here. Yeah, I didn't think you wanted to come here, you motherfucker. Love Cookie. I muttered motherfucker so she couldn't hear me. That was just for you guys. Um, but it's just... I wish Cookie had that same courage when we were out when we're outside. She is the most uh, frightened dog in the world, outside, and inside she's the toughest motherfucker on the planet. Just never stops barking and guarding the door. And uh, I'll fuck you up, vacuum. But we go outside and a leaf falls to the ground and crinkles. She tries to run into the street and end it all. So I just don't like her fake toughness. If she was tough. Everywhere, I'd be more accepting of it. But she's only tough when I podcast. So, there you go, guys. The ugly side of JL. He's even mean to Cookie Bear Covan when he's talking about comedy. Maybe JL should quit comedy. Maybe. Of course I should. Anywho. Um, reviews. So, Invisible Child, I want to save the review. This is this is a little, little way the things will go. Invisible Child will be one of the first jail book club reviews i do so i'm not going to share any more book reviews with you if if they are going to be books that i am reviewing for patreon content but don't worry guys when the patreon fails after six weeks i'll be giving you free reviews back here again for all 93 of you um did i watch anything uh i'm almost done with season one of the great on hulu did i watch anything else no i've been reading more so that means uh you know in the inverse the inverse correlation of uh, more reading equals less streaming. Uh, but did I watch anything else? I don't think I did. I think I've just been watching The Great. What else did I watch? Doesn't really matter. None of this matters, does it, folks? But The Great is a pleasant, it's a well-done, pleasant, enjoyable, dry-wit show. It's it's a very good show. I see why it was getting some, some acclaim. Um... So there's that. I guess I don't have anything really. See, now now, now you're just going to give up on this podcast. You're like, oh, he's only going to do the fun stuff for Patreon. So this podcast is just going to be the depressing shit. Pass. Um, and then just think, as my numbers plummet on this show, how much worse and more depressing this podcast will be. Not afraid of hitting rock bottom and then a new rock bottom. Maybe that's the problem. There's also been less Ron Reagan on the show, Ron Reagan Jr. I think maybe, maybe he's been the unsung hero the whole time, just providing levity for me. But, um... Yeah, I think we're done here. I think we're done with uh, with all sorts of things. But uh, Buffalo... Oh, and yeah, I want to plan a tour, but that all depends. There will be a mega tour, even if I have to put it together myself, if I can quit my day job. Like, if I can quit my day job, I will do a 20-city tour, even if I have to fucking do it myself and do, like, third-rate clubs and bar shows, just because that's what I want to do. And I think it would be nice to meet fans. I know I have like Pacific Northwest. I know I really do have a lot. Like a lot is subjective, but I do recall getting lots of requests and comments from Pacific Northwest people, meaning Seattle, Portland. But I can't afford to do that with my limited vacation time from work and just not wanting to burn through money. But if I were in a position to leave my job, even if I didn't have an agent, 
if billions were to say to me, uh, we'd like you to be in two more episodes, I'd be like, you know what, that's enough. That's enough for me to try and go get an agent again in the acting world. You know, hey, I've got three SAG credits and a lot of reels for you to put me on for auditions. But because I, I would love to do another train tour and that plane crash in China did nothing for my fear of flying. Um, but yeah, I would just, I would love to do a fucking Cleveland, Toledo, Chicago, Milwaukee, Montana, just for sightseeing, uh, Seattle, Portland, all through California, uh, Vegas, Salt Lake, hit up New Orleans and Houston. Like I'd like, I, I, on my own dime. And if I break even, so be it. I, I once again call it a paid vacation, but, um, the future of my career once again hangs in the balance on one to two miracles. Now, they're not miracles in terms of substance. Like, my special is going to be a fucking masterpiece. So it's not like, I hope it's good. No, the special is secure in its greatness. But we all know that that doesn't mean a lot in terms of what I can generate. So, um, you know... We'll see. We'll see. I'm still emailing. Like, I'd love to be like, I have decided I've quit comedy, but I email clubs every month and I get a response from almost none of them and gigs from none of them. So what's a comedian without gigs? What's a comedian without an agent, really? Nothing. And that's what I am. A nothing right now. Um, so see you, see you on the farewell tour. Uh, as it stands now, uh, Buffalo, New York, Boston. And it's very fitting that it's a, a very sad and paltry farewell tour because yeah, I shouldn't have a big, successful, thriving farewell tour. It should, it should, we entered with a whimper and we should go out with a whimper. But uh, this was a fun one. I'm so glad I did this uh, to set the tone for my Saturday morning. So now I'm going to go review my sets and transcribe my set and make additions and subtractions so that half blackface I can study it for the next month. I was hoping to perform it for the next two months, but I think I'm just going to have to rehearse it in front of Cookie and Righteous Girlfriend because right now that's the only audience I can get booked in front of. So fun times, fun times. Maybe I'll put this up today for the, you know, a few people look forward to it. And um, yeah, JL, Plime, JL uh, Max Plus Prime coming to you uh probably in the April 25th space, the day after my 43rd birthday. And uh, I think that's it. Okay, I gave you the dog story. I gave you the sad story that is my comedy career. I'm being very withholding on reviews. But what else did I watch? I couldn't have just watched it. Oh, oh, I finished Inventing Anna. That was the thing I was watching by myself in the mornings. That's what I do. I wake up at 5 a.m., drink a cup of coffee, and watch like a, pro a program. Um... And I really liked Inventing Anna. I thought it was good. I like that actress is, is, is good stuff. So I think I was, I think, yeah, I, I hadn't finished it yet, the last episode, I think. So yes, I now finished it. I enjoyed it. Uh, good stuff, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I hope you all are well. I hope you are staying healthy. I hope you are getting your lives back. And I don't mean that in the flippant GOP way, but in a real way, in a being healthy and safe, but also getting back to, to normal life. I'm certainly getting back to normal life. In April, I will go back to my law firm office. Um, my comedy career will probably be done. So yeah, for me, life is getting back to normal. So how about that? Isn't that a, 
a beautiful thing. Um, I, I think I compared in the summer of 2020, I said, I'm afraid once Sarah Cooper's lip sync started taking off, I said, I really have a fear. I'm very good at predicting my own demise. Like I wish I could bet, ag like I wish I could bet against myself on, on DraftKings. Like I wish I could just go, I'd like to bet the under on anything that J.L. Covan is attempting. <laughs> but I said, I I, it's so weird that I said this and wrote this, but I said, I fear that my career is going to be like the movie Awakenings with De Niro and Robin Williams, where like this miracle drug brings these comatose elderly patients like out of their, and their brain functioning returns and they're, they're back. It's like a miracle drug, but it doesn't last. And by the end of the movie, they're either dead or back in like a comatose state. And I said, I hope my career isn't like Awakenings. That's exactly what my career is, the movie Awakenings. So that's, that's fun. Once again, uh, I'm always able to predict what's going to happen to me because it's always eventually not good. So uh, that's it for me, folks. Thank you for listening. Um, they're just another trip inside the mind of a, of a comedian. And... Uh, Good. Thank you, Cookie. Perfect timing. But um, yeah, I'm going to go try and make some TikToks and uh, see if that can make me important to the business because holy shit, do I fear for the future of comedy, not just as a performer. My future, I think, is written, but entertainment and comedy in general, I, I weep for it. Um, still haven't finished the blog that I want to post, but I will get that out at some point, uh, hopefully this week on TikTok and the future of comedy. It will be a usual J.L. Covan, brilliantly, hilariously, mean-spirited polemic. But uh, unlike blogs that I posted in 2020, which reached 50,000 people, this one will probably reach 150. So it's all worth it, though. It's all worth it. So have a great weekend, week, life, year, uh, family, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I guess we could talk, we'll talk Oscars next week, maybe on the next, like what, maybe we won't. Who, who really gives a shit? I've never been, I don't know what it is. I've never been less interested in the Oscars. And I saw all the movies, but it, it always just, it, there's nothing like, I don't know, Dune. Like, and, and don't look up. If I had to pick the movies among the, the nominees that I enjoyed the most, those those were high quality and enjoyable. But everything else was kind of like, that was nice, or that was interesting, or that was boring as fuck. But uh, anyway, I've rambled on too long. Have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, have fun. Do better than me, and I will see you next Tuesday. Burn it, burn it.